Chapter Fifteen of Dawn. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sunny. Dawn by Eleanor H. Porter. Chapter Fifteen. Again, Susan takes a hand. That evening, Daniel Burton told Susan. Keith is going to go home with Dr. Stewart next week. The doctor will operate as soon as possible. Keith will live at the sanatorium connected with the doctor's home and be under his constant supervision. Susan tried to speak, but instead of speaking, she burst into tears. Why, Susan! exclaimed the man. I know, I know, she choked angrily, dashing the drops from her eyes. And me crying like this when I'm getting just what I want, too. "'But there's no certainty, Susan, that it'll be successful. Remember that,' warned the man, his face clouding a little. "'We can only hope.' "'And there's the—the the pay,' Susan looked up, her voice vibrating with fearful doubt. "'Oh, that's all right,' the man lifted his head with the air of one who at last has reached firm ground after a dangerous crossing on thin ice. "'The doctor's going to buy the high boy and that mirror in the studio, and—' Oh, several other things. You mean that old chest of drawers in the sitting room? scorned Susan openly. Yes, Daniel Burton's lips twitched a little. But will he pay anything for him? Mr. Burton, you can't get nothing hardly for second-hand furniture. My mother had a stove and a real nice bedstead and a red plush parlor set, and she sold them. But she didn't get anything, not hardly anything for em, and they was most new, some of em, too. That's the trouble, Susan. They were too new, probably, laughed the man. It's because these are old, very old, that he wants them, I suspect. And he'll really pay money for em? Plainly, Susan still had her doubts. He certainly will. I'd be almost ashamed to tell you how much he'll pay, Susan, smiled the man. It seems to me sheer robbery on my part, but he assures me they are very valuable, and that he's more than delighted to have them, even at that price. Lane's sakes, and when I'd been worrying and worrying so about the money, sighed Susan, and now to have it fall plump into your lap like that, it just shows you not to hunt for bridges till you get your feet wet, don't it? And he's going just next week? Yes, the doctor and his daughter start Tuesday. You don't mean that girl Dorothy's going, too. Susan had almost bounced out of her chair. Why, yes, Dr. Stewart said she was. What's the matter? Matter? Matter enough? Why, if she goes, say, why is she tagging along anyhow? demanded Susan wrathfully. Well, I shouldn't exactly call it tagging along to go home with her father for the Christmas vacation, shrugged the man. As I understand it, Dorothy's mother died several years ago. That's why the girl is here in the East so much, with her relatives going to school. The doctor's home has become practically a sanatorium, not the most desirable place in the world to bring up a young daughter in, I should say. Let's see. How old is Miss Dorothy? Sixteen, Keith says. I asked him one day. She's about his age. Hmm. Well, however that may be, Susan, I don't see how we can help ourselves very well. I'll fancy Miss Dorothy'll still tag along, he finished whimsically. Maybe, and then maybe not, mumbled Susan darkly, as she turned away. 
For two days after this, Susan's kitchen, and even Keith himself, showed almost neglect. Persistently and systematically, Susan was running down street every hour or two, ostensibly on errands, yet she bought little. She spent most of her time tramping through the streets and stores, scrutinizing especially the face of every young girl she met. On the afternoon of the second day, she met Dorothy Parkman coming out of the post office. "'Well, I've got you at last,' she sighed, "'though I'm free to confess I was beginning to think I never would see you.' "'Oh, yes, about Keith,' cried the girl joyously. "'Isn't it splendid? I'm so glad, and he's going home with us right away, you know.' "'Yes, I know, and that's what—that is, I wanted,' stammered Susan, growing red in her misery. "'Oh, Miss Dorothy, you would do anything for that poor blind boy, wouldn't you?' "'Why, yes, of course,' faltered Dorothy, stammering in her turn. "'I knew you would. Then please don't go home with your father this time.' "'Don't go home? With my father?' exclaimed the girl, in puzzled wonder. "'No, because if you do, that is, oh, I know it's awful for me to say this, but I've got to do it for Keith.' You see, if you go, Keith won't. If I go, he... I don't think I quite understand. The girl drew back a little haughtily. Her face shone a painful flush. No, no, of course you don't. And please, please don't look like that, begged Susan. It's just this. I found out. I wormed it out of him the other day why he won't let you come see him. He says that once, long ago, you said how you couldn't bear to look at blind people, and, oh, I never, never could have said such a cruel thing to a blind boy, interposed the girl. He wasn't blind then. He said he wasn't, but it was when he was afraid he was going to be blind, and he sees you and Maisie Sanborn at the foot of Harrington Hill one day. He was just after the old man had got blind, and Keith had been up to see him. Seems that Keith was worrying then for fear he was going to be blind. He was? Yes, things blurred and all that. Well, at the foot of the hill he sees you and Maisie, and you shuddered at his going up to see Mr. Harrington, and said how could he bear to look at folks that was blind? That you couldn't, and he never forgot it being worried for fear himself he was going blind, you see. He was especially acceptable to anything like that. Oh, but I, I, at home, I always did hate to see all the poor blind people that came to see father, she stammered. But it, it was only because I felt so bad for them, and that one reason why father doesn't keep me home any more. He says, but about Keith, I, I didn't mean to. Dorothy came to a helpless pause. Yes, I know. You didn't mean to hurt him, nodded Susan. But it did hurt him. And now he's always thinks of it, and he knows you're around. You see, worse than anything else, he hates to be stared at or to have folks think he's different. There ain't anything I can never say to him that makes him half so happy as to act as if he wasn't blind. "'Yes, I see,' breathed Dorothy, her eyes brimming. "'And so now you won't go, will you? "'Cause if you go, he won't.' "'Miss Dorothy frowned in deep thought for a moment. "'I shall have to go,' she said at last, slowly. 
father is just counting on my being there christmas and he's so lonely i couldn't disappoint him but keith i won't have to see much of him anyway i'll explain it to father he won't mind he's used to his patients taking notions it'll be all right don't worry she nodded her face clearing but you'll have to be with keith some oh yes a little bit but he won't know who i am i'm just dr stewart's daughter don't you see but he'll know your voice i shan't talk much besides he never did hear me talk much it was always Maisie that talked most and he hasn't heard me any for a year or more except that little bit that day at the house but your name dorothy still argued susan dubiously father never calls me that i'm always puss to him and there won't be anybody else with us on the journey don't worry you just send keith right along and trust me for the rest you'll see she nodded again brightly as she turned away susan went home then to her neglected work there seemed really nothing else that she could do but that she was far from following miss dorothy's blithe advice not to worry was very evident from her frowning brow and preoccupied air all the rest of the time until tuesday morning when keith went until indeed mr burton came home from seeing keith off on his journey then her pent-up perturbation accumulated in an onslaught of precipitate questions was he all right was that girl there did he know who she was do you think he'll find out one at a time susan one at a time laughed the man yes he was all right he went off smiling with the doctor's arm about his shoulders yes the young lady was there but she kept well away from keith so far as i could see friends had come evidently to see her off but i noticed she contrived to keep herself and them as far away from keith as possible of course on the journey there'll just be the three of them the test will come then but i wouldn't worry susan remember your own advice about those bridges of yours he started and he's with the doctor i don't think he'll turn back no i suppose not sighed susan but i wish i could really know how things are she finished as she took up her work again thirty-six hours later came the telegram from the doctor telling of their safe arrival and a week later came a letter from keith himself to susan it was written in lead pencil on paper that had been carefully perforated so as to form lines not too near together at the top of the page in parentheses were these words dear susan if you think dad would like it you may read him a part or the whole of this letter i was afraid i wouldn't write very well and that he wouldn't like to see it so i write to you instead i know you won't mind below came the letter dear susan how do you do and dad too i'm well and hope you are the same this is an awfully pretty place with trees and big lawns all around and walks and seats everywhere in the summer they say we aren't sitting outdoors today though it's only four below we had a jolly trip out the doctor's great he spent half his time talking to me about the things we were seeing out the window we went through a wonderful country and saw lots of interesting things the doctor's daughter was along too but she didn't have much to say on the trip i've seen quite a lot of her since we've been here though and she's all right at first i didn't like her very well it was her voice i guess it reminded me of somebody i didn't like to be reminded of but after i got used to it and i found she was really very nice and jolly 
She knows a lot of games, and we play together a lot now. She's so different from that girl she sounded like that I don't mind her voice now, and I don't think she minds. Here a rather unsuccessful erasure showed that playing with me had been substituted for being with blind folks. She gave me this paper and told me the folks at home would like a letter, she knew. That's why I'm writing, and I guess that's enough for this time. Love to all, Keith Burton. P.S. I'm going to have the operation tomorrow, but they won't know for quite a while whether it's a success or not, the doctor says. Keith. Susan read the letter, then took it at once to the studio and read it again out loud. Now ain't that great, she crowed, as soon as she had finished. Y yes, but he didn't say much about himself or his treatment, demurred the man. Susan made an impatient gesture. Why, yes, he did, too. Land sakes, Mr. Burton. He didn't talk about nothing else but himself and his treatment all the way through. Oh, I know he didn't say anything about his occultist treatment, if that's what you mean. But I didn't do no worrying about that part. It was the other part. The other part? Yes. They're treating him as if he wasn't different and queer. And didn't you notice the way he wrote? Happy as a king telling about what he saw on the way out in a wonderful country they went through. They're all right, them two are. I shan't do no more worrying about Keith and her fixin' that paper so cute for him to write on. I declare I'm that zealous of her. Don't know what to do. Why couldn't I have thought of that? She sighed as she rose to leave the room. Two days later came a letter from the doctor. The operation had been performed, and so far as they could judge, all was well. Though, as Keith had written, the real results would not show until the bandages were removed some time later. When the schools opened again in January, Dorothy Parkman came back to Hinsdale. Susan had been counting the days ever since Christmas, for she knew Dorothy was coming, and she could scarcely wait to see her. This time, however, she did not have to tramp through the streets and stores looking for her, for Miss Dorothy came at once to the house and rang the bell. "'I knew you'd want to hear all about Mr. Keith,' she smiled brightly into Susan's eyes, "'and I'm glad to report that he's doing all right.' "'Be them bandages off yet, do you mean? He can see?' demanded Susan excitedly, leading the way to her sitting-room. "'Oh, no, no, not that!' cried the girl quickly. "'I mean, he's doing all right so far. "'It's a week yet before the bandages can be removed, "'and even then he probably won't see much, if at all. "'There'll have to be another one later, father says. "'Maybe two more.' "'Oh!' Susan fell back, plainly disappointed. "'Then suddenly a new interest flamed into her eyes. "'And he ain't sensed yet who you are?' she questioned. Miss Dorothy blushed, and Susan noticed suddenly how very pretty she was. No, though I must confess that at first, when he heard my voice, he looked up much startled, and even rose from his seat. But I told him lots of folks thought I talked like Dorothy Parkman, and I just laughed and turned it off, and made nothing of it. And so pretty quick he made nothing of it, too. After that we got along beautifully. I should say you did, retorted Susan almost enviously. And you fixin' up that paper so fine for him to ride on. Miss Dorothy blushed again, and again Susan noticed how very charming was the combination of brown eyes and yellow-gold hair. Yes, he did like that paper, smiled the young girl. He never mentioned the lines, and neither did I. 
when i first suggested the letter home he was all ready to refuse i could see but i wouldn't give him the chance before he could even speak i had thrust the paper into his hands and i could see the wonder interest and joy in his face as his fingers discovered the pricked lines and followed their course from edge to edge but he didn't let me know he'd found them not much well i don't know but they would like the letter was all he said casually and i knew then that i had won well i should say you had but how did you know cried susan oh you told me first that i must talk to him as if he were not blind then father told me the same thing he said lots of his patients were like that so always i tried to do it that way and it's a wonder how when you give a little thought you can manage to tell them so much that they can turn around and tell somebody else just as if they really had seen it i know i know nodded susan and miss dorothy her voice grew unsteady he really is going to see and by ain't he the girl's face clouded they aren't at all sure of that but they can't tell yet susan had grown a little white oh no not sure and they're going to give em all the chances there is certainly i only spoke because i don't want you to be too disappointed if we lose you must remember that fully half the cases do lose susan drew a long sigh then determinedly she lifted her chin well i like to think we ain't going to belong to that half she said End of chapter fifteen recording by sunny